I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Good morning, Noah. How are you doing, man? I'm good. And uh, Vulcan, how are you? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so we have Vulcan on the podcast, our guest today. Vulcan is the founder of Versoli which is a website builder for SaaS businesses. Vulcan, tell us a little bit about Versoli. Yeah, tell us a little bit um, about your business and uh, just kind of a little bit of the start of your journey. Yeah, so um, Versoli is like 18 months old now. Like we were okay. Launched, it took eight months to launch. We planned to build it in two months, but you know how MVPs go, <laughs> it takes a while. So yeah, we did that um, and we got paying customers just after our launch, but then, yeah. Sweet, so um, yeah, the kind of the topic that we wanted to talk about today is kind of that early phase of just like right after launch, uh, maybe maybe like the beta phase or something like that, because that is kind of where both Ben and I are with our businesses, and you've kind of already went through that part, so we'd like to kind of hear kind of your experience with that, um, what your strategy was um, with launching and kind of how things went for for you with Versoli. Um, so yeah, could you start out with just kind of what your strategy was there? Yeah, so what I started out is I listened to a lot of advice and it was all about cold emailing. So I tried that for a long time um, and I just couldn't get it to work because I feel like the website builder market is super competitive. So I just, yeah, I struggled with that. And what we ended up doing was building a free tool called SaaS Pages um, and just launching it on Product Hunt and that did really well. And then from there, we were able to get an actual customer onto our paid product for Sodi. And then, yeah, from there, we just struggled getting more traffic. So I kept doing cold emails to like indie hackers and anyone. Like if I saw someone asking about like landing page feedback, I'd give feedback to them and then I'd probably email them asking like what problems they're having, pain points. Um, ideally trying to, yeah, just learn more and if possible, get them as a customer. But that was a real big struggle. I feel like we, the product was too simple back then and there was too many options. Like there was, uh, we were charging like five times more than card for a product that was very similar. Um, And yeah, until we added like more features, I hate saying build more features, but for us, it was actually the use case. It was actually what we had to do. Um, So we added like the ability to add multiple pages and then that got us a few more customers and we were just continuously launching on indie hackers. So I'd put like, uh, what do you think of this? Or yeah, just giving feedback out. And then that was how we got most of our traffic. Um, and then customers, yeah, it just all came from indie hackers really. Uh, very lucky to be part of that community. Um, and then we launched on Product Hunt mm. and we did multiple launches on Product Hunt as well. So I launched um, the actual product and then I launched the, fe- the features of the product. So I launched blog feature, analytics feature, and all these just started like slowly bringing us traffic and people would start like searching in Product Hunt about like blogging TMS and then to find us or they'd put like SaaS website builder and then find us. And today that's still our strongest way of getting users. And that's and a beta list as well we launched on there. Um, and then that got us a few users. So they're probably the tactics which most known, but they do kind of work. Um, that makes a lot okay. of makes a lot of sense I'd say, especially because indie hackers is probably like your perfect target audience, right? Because they are the ones starting out and they are the ones needing needing to set up a quick page, I guess. Exactly. Um, the problem was I, at the start, I, it was very like most developers there 
were just building it themselves and it would look terrible. And then I slowly <laughs> drum it into their heads that uh, having like a good looking landing page actually increases your conversions and stuff and it yeah, makes you look yeah. more serious. So take us back to kind of what you started with was doing cold emailing and stuff like that. Like how, how long were you trying that and what was the response that you were getting? May, April, May 2019, I was doing this. Like I was just emailing out e- tons of like different subject headers like, uh, like website builder, um, feedback for your landing page, and then like what are you using? And then I just, I did uh, like an approach where I just ask him a few questions. I say, yeah, I'd be like, uh, what are you currently using? Um, what problems are you having? And it was more trying to just get a conversation started because I, I, I personally don't want to be sold. Like I get a bunch of emails from indie hackers all trying to sell me like services or their, yeah, just a bunch of services. And it's like, it never works because yeah, it just never works. I don't, I don't find, but these talks, uh, led into good feedback and they just told me why they couldn't use my product like they might have needed a feature I didn't have yeah at one point I tried giving away the product for free and uh that actually was uh, that gave me worse results so that's probably something I'd tell people not to do because I find it's a big waste of time trying to give your product away for free because it just cheapens the product and they're like oh why is he giving it away for free it can't be good um so that's one tip I'd probably recommend so you think early on you kind of kept on hearing feedback that you just didn't have enough features or there's just more that they wanted in a, a website builder? Yeah, so at the start, uh, I was designing the templates and I wasn't like uh, a good designer at that point. Like, I was still learning and the, the, they looked okay, but they just wasn't like up to, the standard, uh, like up to standard. So I just kept coding away, making them better and better. And they got to the point where people were like, oh, these are nice. Uh, this is exactly what I want from a SaaS template. So that was like when it ticked over and then people were like, I got a lot more trials coming in. Um, not so many paid customers because the product wasn't there yet, but it's like each iteration, uh, listening to feedback got me to the next stage. Yeah, and then on the timeline again, what was kind of, was there a turning point or was there a point where you had enough features where you started to see you know, people start using it and, and get your first customers? Yeah, so the big turning point was probably uh, the blogging CMS. Um, yeah, so that was a lot later on, and I'm not sure why we pushed it back. But the second we built that, we just started getting a lot more traffic. Like people started comparing us to say WordPress and Webflow. Like we had people using Webflow come up to us and say, "Can we use Webflow and this blogging CMS?" Because the blogging CMS was like super simple to use. Um, and yeah, we were just getting responses from that. So we pushed that off because it was a big feature. But in the end, it like kind of helped, and we could have just went with that earlier, actually. That, yeah. makes, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, one thing I'm wondering is because it's it's kind of a crowded market, right? I mean, there is Card, um, probably one of your biggest competitors, um, and I know there are many others out there. Um, so, what what would you say was your main differentiator, or what is it right now? Is it the blogging CMS, maybe? Yeah, so I'd say it's more. It depends on the market. So people upgrade from Card to us because we have like multiple pages. And with mm. our templates are more like SaaS focused. So they might like build a quick landing page on card to get like a response. And then once they've like validated the idea a little bit, they'll move over to us so they can put like pricing tables and that in. Um, and then, yeah, then they want to create their first blogs. And then, so it's like a mixture of the two. It's like, I want a more serious SaaS page and I want to start blogging and you can't do that on card. So then they look at other options and then they look at like Webflow, uh, WordPress. And then that's about it, to be honest. Like. 
people don't really normally go for Squarespace and Wix, especially in the indie hacker space. It's normally like Webflow or WordPress. Um, and then now we're becoming slowly a contender once we added the blog in CMS. So, so what would you say? Because you said it was it was kind of a grind getting getting the first users in there. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say was the point where you were kind of sure that this is going to work? Because you had to put in some effort and put in more features, which you know, some people would argue like don't put in more features. Um, but for you, and especially because there was such a competition out there, this is what you had to do. Um, so, so when was the point where you were thinking like this is going to work? How did you spot that that point? Yeah, so we were super confident because in July, so we launched SAS Pages and we only had annual plans and we had some random person who never spoke to us uh, buy the product uh, annual plan. And I was like, there must be a problem here. Uh, so that was probably it. Oh, and, then yeah. our and then our confidence dropped massively over the next two months because we didn't have another paying customer for them two months. So I was like, what's going on here? Um, and it's just, we just couldn't keep the traffic up. Our traffic literally spiked. Uh, from that product launch and went back, back down to zero like yeah, we weren't yeah. doing any blogging like we were we were like dog food in our own product so we didn't want to start like doing any like using a different like blogging CMS or anything like that so yeah we were just stuck um, for ages and then I had in my head what I wanted built out because I previously built a SaaS company um, it didn't go anywhere but I was building like the landing pages and I had I just kept running into problems and problems so I just had like a feature list in my head that I was slowly building out. And I was confident once this was done, the product would be better than everything on the market. And then maybe that's like ego driven, but I felt like there was such a big need and people were swapping over from like WordPress and like hard coding solutions. So I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like you kind of started to talk about kind of the, maybe like the emotional level, um, which I've been thinking about a little bit because I just uh, launched the Portman just like, I don't know, in the last week or two. And I, I always know this happens because I've done some other products where, you know, you have so much confidence and there seems like there's so much potential with what you're about to launch. And you just kind of imagine in your head like, oh, this is just going to go great. Like, I'm going to get some first users. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I feel like it always just happens that it may not be a continual thing, but there's, you know, there's just certain days where you're just kind of feeling down after <laughs> you launch something and you feel like you're not getting uh, many people um, trying it out or whatever. So like, how did you handle kind of that emotional part of it? Um, kind of the up and downs, like how are you feeling about things? Yeah, so emotionally, yeah, it can get really difficult, especially when customers are not signing up or they sign up and we had we were struggling for a very long time because customers would would try us out and they'd try our competitors and then go with our competitors and that really hurt because we felt we had a better solution at that point um and they they were the tough days especially when you've spoke to them like as i was saying on i was on indie hackers i gave probably like hundreds of feedback to uh, indie hackers on their landing pages and then they'd still choose the competitors uh so that meant like our product was just wasn't there at all because if they were equal they would have chose us or if we were a little bit worse they would have chose us but clearly like we were missing something um and we kept trying to get feedback and the feedback was always like from them sort of people it wasn't super helpful uh like they didn't want to be like nasty or anything or they didn't want to be like super candid because i guess it would have hurt so we just i just had to keep hacking away and asking other people for feedback um but yeah, that they were the tough times, especially yeah, when they're picking competitors. One thing we haven't touched on at all is, are you actually working on it alone? I'm working with my co-founder. Um, so, so 
odd story. Uh, I found him on Discord. So uh, Discord's like a gaming uh, like live chat, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. but there was like entrepreneurial service. So I was on there and we were talking. And then for like two years we spoke and like our values aligned and what we wanted to do aligned. And then I shut my project down. And then yeah, we basically had both had free time and we was like we should probably work together on something. And we planned to work on Vasoli for like two months to get a quick MVP up. Uh, and then it took eight eight months. Uh, so by then we were kind of like, <laughs> okay, uh, we we got to see this out. And then yeah, and then luckily we've grinded out, and now now we're doing okay. Yeah, I think with the the grinding that you're talking about, I feel like the hardest decisions come within there, where you're kind of just always get second guessing yourself. Like, should we continue doing this? Like, should we continue going down this path? So how did you like decide to keep going? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I just had pure faith in like uh I knew that there was a big market and then the hard part was convincing my co-founder that there was a market here because I already had this huge problem and he was like <laughs> okay, I'm giving it two more months and then we'll see where it is and if it's not there then uh I, and then we need to decide what we're going to do. Um and then luckily we saw like progression like there was always progression if it it would have been very bad like if we saw no like increase in customers or something because then yeah maybe we would have had to shut the product down but we just saw gradual building up and up um after we launched on product hunt we just yeah it just kept climbing up but yeah if it went down that would have been very very difficult so kind of after that stage of you know you've things are kind of it sounds like at least that things are kind of going better things are going well you're getting continual customers um how are you able to, I guess, support all that as just, you know, as just two of you? Yeah, it's a tough one because development's definitely slowed down. Like, we're, this is probably our best month yet. Um, we've had a bunch of new customers, especially at the start. Like, we were getting multiple customers a day. Um, but that comes with a lot of support because we still haven't, like, got proper docs. So, most of the customer support is me. Like, I'll just send them, like, Loom videos and stuff, which works really well. Uh, for them but for me it takes up a lot of time so <laughs> i've got to be i've got to work on that yeah so is that kind of the next initiative then is to like build out like help docs and things like that yeah definitely um i've got a list now of about 30 things to just get recorded and i probably need more like ideally i'm going to put like a loom video up and then some docs and then that will be like super helpful for people but i just never read docs and i just play around with the app so i expected my customers to do the same but a lot of them, um, <laughs> a lot of them don't. Uh, they they like either want the docs or they want support. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. So one thing that I'm wondering about is, uh, and I know this is a tough one, but what what are your plans for expanding a little more, maybe even on the marketing side? Because you said earlier that um, some people, you know, they they kind of upgrade from card to virtually. Um, so I was thinking maybe it could be an idea to also grab some customers from card right away by offering some smaller packages and just giving them what they already get on card and then they have the advantage of not being forced to switch over. But maybe you've thought about something like that before? <laughs> yeah, I thought about it. And I just haven't thought of a, a good way to not like cannibalize our current customers, I guess, would be <laughs> the main the main problem. Because, yeah, a lot of our customers still have simple websites that so they have like one or two pages and then uh, maybe like a blog post and I'm not sure how to price that uh, yeah so pricing is always a big issue but I've definitely thought about it because I'm like yeah that we have the editor here we, we have we have it all here they can come in make one page um, but as I was saying customer sports massive at the moment so maybe later on 
um, it would be ideal to do. And then we're also looking at running ads as well now, because yeah, our churn's been really low somehow. Uh, normally our churn, nice. our churn early on, we had like 20%, 30% churn. Uh, so literally every four months we'd lose all our customers. Uh, so that was fun. Um, and then yeah, now this month we've had zero churn, which is amazing. And that means we can start doing stuff we couldn't do before. And our conversions have gone up, uh, which is really nice. So one thing we did for conversions is before we had like no, you'd have to sign up to use the app and then we removed that and we like forex our conversions. So like we went from 5% of uh, visitors using our like web app to 20% using it, just changing that little feature there. And then that was really good because we got a ton more people in the app and that's where the real value is I found. Like once they get playing in the app, they do quite well. Nice. Um, so I think it seemed like you've played around with the pricing a little bit. Um, how did you kind of land on something that made sense? Yeah, so at the start, we priced it quite expensive. So we had like one site for $15. Um, I think we just looked around and that was about it. Like we wanted to be just about the same or a little bit more expensive than Squarespace because we were giving you like templates and we were niche down. And then we got scared, really scared. So we put like five websites for $15. Uh, so that didn't work out. We had no more customers and yet we, we were given like five times the value. So then we reduced that back down to one. And then recently what we've done is we've changed the pricing to be based on like the number one WordPress hosting called WP Engine. So we've just basically copied their pricing for, yeah. So now people using WordPress have no excuse not to move to us, especially if they're on like WP Engine because we provide more value. Like we provide you the templates, we provide analytics. So that's, that's our logic. We're just trying to say they can't complain about price and now all they can compare is, uh, yeah, our, our features and our brand and stuff. Cool. Yeah. That, that logic makes sense. And, and that's, that's been the kind of the pricing model that's started to work really well for you guys. We've only done that recently. So <laughs> that could be incorrect and we, our conversion could drop massively. So we've only done that in the past week. Um, before it was like, Oh, okay. very very ambiguous like how much traffic could i get before uh you like upgrade me or what's going on and we had some weird thing where we were like limiting by blog posts so on the our cheapest plan you'd have only five blog posts and what we'd do is we'd just upgrade people to the next plan because i felt like it wasn't if people were going from five to like six blogs i didn't feel like it was worth the, doubling the price for them so we removed that as well so it's just a bunch of testing and feeling like what's right for your customer like you don't want to I never want to, as a, yeah, as a customer myself of other products, I want like the support staff to be really caring and stuff and actually understand my position. So I try to do that as well. And I think that's really paid off as well. Kind of stepping back, what's, what's kind of your guys's goal? Like what's some of the goals you want to reach with Bersoli? What, what are, what's kind of your, I guess, big arcing plan there? Yeah. So in the short term, um, we're looking to hit the 10K uh, MMR as everyone, everyone wants to hit. Mm -hmm. And at our current trajectory, like we see in a, it depends on how aggressive we grow and how, how lucky we get. It could be like five months, it could be seven or eight months depending, or it could be a lot longer, but hopefully in that time horizon. And then long term, it's the, the, market, the market is massive. So WP Engine, I believe have like 180 million ARR. So, and most of the, yeah, all them websites are just WordPress hosted ones. So I think the market's massive and it's just deciding how big we want to go and how big we want the team. 
because you listen to like starts of the rest of us and Rob saying he wants a small team and then but it just slowly grew and grew because the product demanded more and I'm feeling that now because we need like we probably sometime soon need to hire customer support because as I was saying it's getting a lot and then there's so much to do in development wise like customers are asking for so many features and before I wanted to keep the team lean um, but yeah it's like customers are asking for stuff and you can't say no we don't want it because it actually fits the roadmap so it's like <laughs> yeah. what, what am I going to do yeah that makes sense <laughs> that's I mean it sounds like you're in some ways in a tough spot where things are going well like they're trending up but yet that means there's a lot of things there's a lot of work to do <laughs> but not maybe enough people to help with the work at that at this point yeah the resources are just not there to hire people um, and then this is this is probably why it makes sense uh, for a lot of these uh, alternative investments or even just VC money uh, or angel like seed rounds because at this point we growth is being halted because we can't do enough. Uh, so yeah, before I was like anti VC, I was like, why would anyone like <laughs> sell their company? But when it gets to this point, it's like if we had one or two more staff members, like it would mean we could move a lot faster. It would, it's not double. We could move it a lot faster, I, I feel. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show, Vulcan, and just sharing your story and your journey. That's really uh, interesting to kind of see where you guys have come from and how things are going. Um, where can people find you and Versoli? Yeah, so easiest place is probably like Twitter. So just Versoli on Twitter or Versoli.com. And I'm just always in the live chat, so come message me there. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, thank you, listeners, and uh, we will see you guys in another episode. See you next week.